Welcome back, podcast listeners. This is the We Know Ball podcast. Today, we are teaming up with Underdog Fantasy to bring you guys an amazing deal. If you go ahead and sign up using their mobile app or their website, and you use code WKB when you sign up, they will give you a deposit match of up to $100. That is an amazing deal. So take advantage of it while you can. Sign up, use code WKB, and get on to some Welcome baby back, fantasy. everybody. To the newest episode of the We Know Ball podcast. I got a special guest on today, one of my friends from back home, Robert. Go ahead, say what's up, man. What's going on, everyone? Glad to be here. Yeah. Robert, are you are you a Blazers fan? Are we gonna call you that? Or are you just gonna say Dame Lillard? I'm a Dame Lillard fan. All right. Would you say you're a Bulls fan then? I'm a Bulls fan. Okay, okay. Um, before we get into today's episode. I want to talk to you guys. We have a giveaway going on on Twitter for a free jersey of your choice. Um, we hit our YouTube subscriber goal at 100, so we're about 21 followers away on Twitter before we give away that free jersey. So go ahead, follow us on Twitter, WKB, WKB Podcast underscore. Follow our pinned tweet to get signed up for that jersey giveaway. But um, I want to get into tonight's game first. We're going to let me pull up the box score real quick. The Suns beat the Nuggets 140 to 130 from a master class from Devin Booker. Um, I'm going to start with Arian first. Arian, what was your like initial thoughts on this game? Um, you already said Devin Booker. Uh, that's basically the story of tonight's game. He was unstoppable. Uh, he had 49 points, 10 assists. Uh, he was playing tremendous defense. Um it was really nice to have Chris Paul back. He had 17 points, 13 assists. Yeah, uh, his first game back. Yeah. Uh, the first half was kind of bad. They were like they were in control of the game completely. But in the second half, we started just to take over. Uh, Mikhail started to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty good second half all around. We we definitely picked it up. Um. But. Yeah, Devin Booker just – he went off tonight. I was really hoping for him to get that 50. But yeah. they wanted to give all those end-of-the-game free throws to Chris Paul. So, um, Robert, what what is your – what do you think of Devin Booker as a player from an out – not from not a Suns fan, from just an NBA fan? What is What do you think of Devin Booker? Um, I've always liked Devin Booker's game. <clears throat> Personally, uh, he just gives you that, like, kind of similarity to Kobe, Mike, mm-hmm. you know, that mid-range, get your own bucket, take over, things of that, like, things like that. <clears throat> my last year, my one question about Devin Booker was playoffs. Well, he's shown you that he can dominate in a playoff game. So now I don't, I feel a lot better now with Devin Booker that he can take pretty much his own team. Like, I think he can be your number one on a team and win. That's my honest opinion. And I think playing with Chris Paul definitely helped in terms of just playmaking and also just getting to his spots easier. So I think he's also benefited from being playing on a son this last two years. I think he's shown a lot of improvement. Yeah, Chris Paul definitely has 
I'll, I'll be the first to say, I know a lot of Suns fans hate Chris Paul getting uh, like Devin Booker's accomp. Like they give, they take Devin Booker's accomplishments and give the credit to Chris Paul. Well, I think Chris Paul has elevated Devin Booker's game to a different, I think he taught him how to win, which is something he's like, you, you need to still know how to win. If that makes sense. Like, especially in the NBA, like who, who's a like Shay once Shay is on a really good winning team. I think we're going to have this same discussion that we had about Devin Booker. And I, I would say that goes for, like you said, just other players in the league. I mean, you come in as a young NBA, like young guy, I mean, you're probably going to be on a subpar team when you come in. So Mm -hmm. you don't know what it looks like on a daily basis, winning and like winning consistently. And then once you get those veterans who's been there and you're on that team, then everything begins to form. And I think that's what you're beginning to see with Devin Booker. So I think he hasn't hit his prime yet, but it's going to be soon. And when he gets to his prime, what, what, what do you, how much do you think he'll elevate his game? Um, do you think he'll be, do you think he'll elevate it more from a scoring sense or just, I would like to see Devin Booker without Chris Paul. Let me say that. I, th- I think without a lot of that, people. that floor general, like Chris Paul, I want to see what his numbers will be before. Cause I don't know. I mean, cause with Chris Paul on the floor, you don't need him to go get six assists. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you yeah. need him to go get a bucket without him depending on who he has on his team, he may have to be more of like a, you know, get my bucket, but also get my teammates involved from that position. I don't know. I'm interested to see what it looks like though, but I think, I think he could easily give you 27 while still giving you six assists because the ball is going to probably be moved through him a lot more. So yeah, I think his numbers will definitely inflate when he has his, own team without Chris Paul, but it'll be good to see. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what it'll look like. Me too. Aaron, what did you think about Deandre Ayton today? Because Um, I have a weird, I have a mixed opinion on him today. Okay. So defensively, Jokic was kind of getting whatever he wanted to get. But the thing I'll say about that is that it's Nikola Jokic. He'll do that, you know, uh, offensively, though, Aiden had a pretty good game. Yeah, uh, he he was he missed a few more shots than he usually misses, but uh, he had 16 points. He was hitting his hook shot, the midi he was hitting. I thought I thought he had way more than seven boards. Like just watching the game, I did yeah. not think it was that low. But we were kind of evenly dispersed through our rebounds today, so I guess it didn't matter because that's been a problem for us recently is rebounding. But I, I'm a little upset because every time we see DeAndre Ayton go up against a center like that, like a top center, is yeah. usually his bigger games, and that's what I was kind of expecting today. But I guess when you have Book dropping 49, then you're not gonna. He's not gonna you know, have that 25 plus that you, that I wanted to see him have against Jokic. Cause Jokic isn't a very good defender regardless. Yeah. So, but 
his mid range, like his his shot from outside the paint is getting so good. Yeah, that, like I, sometimes yeah. I prefer him taking that over bullying someone down to the paint. But other than that, I'm 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 excited for this game against Philly because I want to see what he does against Embiid. And I want to see what Book does to Harden too, because that that's been a debate for a while too amongst shooting guards in the league. Definitely. I don't think Harden's gonna guard Booker though. No, no, I don't mean like matchup wise. I just mean like comparing stat wise, like who has a better game. Because well, because Booker will probably guard Harden, I'm gonna assume. Unless unless we put bridges on him. I was probably Michael. Yeah. Um Matisse Thibel will guard Devin Booker. Yeah. Which would be good matchups for both Harden and Booker. Yeah. Those are both good defenders. So yeah. Um other than that, there's not too much to talk about this game except you know, we kind of covered a lot. It was terrible first half from the Suns. Well, it wasn't even a terrible first half if you just look at like the scoring in each quarter they were just scoring more than us and we yeah. weren't, we weren't really playing defense, but after, especially once we hit that fourth quarter, we, we always just take off. I think now we're, what are we like 45 and two or something like that when, when going into the fourth quarter. So yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. Something crazy about this game was that both teams shot 60%. Both teams shot 47, 48, 47% from three point line. Jeez. And the Nuggets are not a good three-point shooting team, so that's no. surprising. Both teams are just not missing. Because I was looking on FanDuel earlier because I was going to – I saw Jeff Green. He was, like, plus 200 to hit a three in the game. And I'm pretty sure he hit, like, two or three. He had, he had three, yeah. Yeah, th- that always happens against the Suns is these mediocre three-point shooters <laughs> – want us to start lighting it up against us. I don't know how, because it's not like we play bad perimeter defense. Oh, I, I don't know what it is. You're hitting step backs and all that kind of stuff. Monte Morris hit four. Bones Highland hit four. Bones Highland is a bucket, but he needs yeah. to shut the fuck up. <laughs> he's, he's had like two good games in the NBA, and he's, he's barking at Devin Booker and Chris Paul like he has some big dick or something. It's just it, – it bothers me when people do that. I don't know. I like it, though. It's a, it's a good competitor. Yeah, he, he was he, – he was their leading scorer up until the fourth quarter when Jokic decided to yeah. finally start shooting. He had 19 in the first half, and he ended with 23. <laughs> Same thing with Cat. Cat started talking and had three points in the second half. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I want to – I really want to get in – to today's main topic is that video from I forgot her name already. I'm gonna go. Oh, it's like Rose Gold. I gotta fucking find this. She has some crazy name. I uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Rose Gold on Wude. Um, we all saw the video. Um, Robert, I'm gonna let you go first from like an outside, the non Suns fan. Looking in, I want to know what your opinion is because I feel like me and Aryan's opinion are probably both going to be the same, and it's probably going to differ from yours in some way. So I just want to 
clarify some of the things she said. So the question was, is he a legitimately MVP candidate, right? Well, yeah. Does he deserve to be in the MVP talks? MVP, the talks. Okay. Yeah. And her talking points was he's not stylish enough. So stupid. <laughs> That's not that. I hate, I hate that. We just need what, el- what else did she say? Um, not stylish enough. Um, he's not as impactful. Like she okay. thinks that if you take him off the floor, the Suns don't aren't hurt as much. Okay. Uh, she um, also says statistically his his numbers don't stand out. Yeah. Okay. And then her last point was he doesn't play both ends of the floor. All right. Let me let me ask you this question before I get into my opinion. When you guys are fully healthy, when Chris Paul's on the floor, who is your best player? Devin Booker, 100%. You both agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. See, this is this is why I Let me let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Devin Booker is our best player, but Chris Paul is our most important player. I think that's a lot of the reason why he doesn't get the talks because he's not a clear, like he's not the clear number one. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, The stylish I think is, I I told, I told you about that in our group chat. Like he's not like his game doesn't like, like project out to you but he does everything right. That shouldn't hurt him because Kawhi Leonard is kind of the same way. You know what I'm saying? And everybody still had him in the MVP talk. So that part, I don't agree with at all. Statistically, it don't jump out as much as like a Jokic, an Embiid, a Giannis, but it's also because those are also more big men. So they're going to get more rebounds. Their field goal percentage is going to be higher. Uh, Like, I mean, Jokic is really like out there by himself. Embiid, Embiid was until he has Harden. So, but he's still putting up monster numbers even still. And then Giannis just being Giannis. I mean, there's there's yeah. not really much else you could say about Giannis. So statistically, I still think he's there. Like I mean, twenty, what is it, 24, 24.6? Yeah, he's a, he's around twenty five right now. Twenty five five and five yeah like that. i think that's that's it's like 25 five and it's like 4.9 or something like that so 25 five and five if we round it up yeah i mean i think he should be i think he should be in mvp talks um because this whole season on every every time the nba updates their mvp ladder i don't think he's been above eight at all and no. i don't the people above him just don't make sense to me I would, I would say there's probably a clear three, in my opinion. That's what we've been saying on this podcast him. this whole season. I think, well, before this like losing streak that the Bulls had, I would have had him and DeMar DeRozan neck and neck, like between four to seven in that range. Should he be in the talks? Yes, he should. I don't agree with the stylish thing. I think that's bad. That That's a bad look. Statistically, it's there, but it just doesn't stand out as much as the other, like Giannis and Embiid. What was, yeah. And then what was the other talking point? Doesn't play both ends of the floor. 
which I think is the most outrageous one. Yeah. Because people yeah, that, are going I, off of this narrative. I don't think I don't I, that doesn't make sense to me because we've had MVP candidates who don't play both ends of the floor. Matt Barnes said a perfect Steve Nash. It's a perfect example. James Harden. Is yeah. a perfect example. <laughs> nobody, nobody is gonna sit here and tell me James Harden's a good defender because he's not. Yeah. Kevin Durant is not a great defender. So I don't I think Devin Booker has definitely improved. He tries on the defensive end. I'm not going to say he's a great defender, but right. he's good. Like, he's definitely – he competes. He's definitely he's definitely made a big jump from three years ago. Once he started having teammates he can trust, I think that's why his numbers went down too. He, he doesn't have to put his all on the offensive end. So now he can make a bigger impact defensively. I think, in my opinion, I think the two things that hurt Devin Booker is, one – you guys call him the their best player, his the best player. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's their best player. But nationally I, or worldwide, I don't think people look at that. You think they're still that. thinking Chris Paul? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's, like, clear cut to a lot of people because it can be Devin Brooker one day and then Chris Paul the other day. That can take over. And then I think the other thing is just the, the narrative in general, just – I think that just hurts Devin Booker. I mean, it shouldn't. I think they should look at I, – I mean, I don't like a lot of the voting that they do anyways in NBA. So – but I think those are the two things that hurt him. Um, I mean, it's it's just – it's tough. Like, I think him it's and Donovan Mitchell are going to get looked over a lot throughout their career. So – why do you think the narrative has changed so much about 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 think, one Devin Booker and about to the MVP because both narratives have changed because before before Devin Booker started winning they said they want to see him do what he does on a winning team and he is 10 games above the 2 seed in the west and still is getting his stats don't matter now his winning doesn't matter he doesn't have the stats when his stats aren't that much different from uh, actually uh he was aver- like when they were saying this you know saying that stuff he was averaging about 26 4 and 6 mm-hmm. and now right now, like currently he's averaging 26 5 and 5 also oh, he's at 26 now yeah and his shooting percentage is exactly the same with better defense so his three percentage, his three point percentage is the same. Uh, let me look at the three point percentage. Because he was shooting like forty earlier this year, right? Yeah, yeah. he was at like forty one. I think he's still around there. He might be at like thirty eight or thirty. Uh, that's I think that's his three point percentage is the highest of his career, other than twenty seventeen. It was like point three higher. I think that's the the big thing that people are missing in this whole situation. This is efficiency. Like, yeah. He's putting up similar numbers, but on better, like, efficient. Like, he's doing it more efficient. Mm-hmm. So, I think – I think he's improved while being on a better team. <clears throat> but 
What was the question again? Why do you think the narrative changed? What made the narrative change? It's just what the NBA wants to push. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, there was a stint when LeBron should have been MVP every year, but you can't give it to him every year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, it, it's hard. It's hard to say because you're not in there. I mean, I'm not – Devin, I think Devin Booker should be in the talk of MVP. I'm not saying he's the MVP this year, but I think I think he should get more love than he does. Okay, so like the second part of the question, like the whole MVP narrative, what made you think that changed? Because it used to be the best player on the best team. That's what it was for the longest time. That's basically why Steve Nash won it. He um, had 60 wins on that season. He averaged like what was it? Let me see what his, his numbers were that MVP season. Or something, I think. Yeah, he had like 16 and something. I don't he did not I don't think he scored more than 20 a game. No, he it definitely wasn't over 20. Um it was uh yeah, like 16 and 16, 11. That's what I thought. Yeah. And he went back to back. Yeah, so it was like 18 and 11 and 16 and 11. So I think I feel just- like the last time it was, it wasn't the best player on the best team, was Westbrook. But then it kind of went back to that when Giannis won his first. And then Jokic last year. Yeah, and then wasn't. I, I mean, it's. I think it's just the narrative, whatever the NBA is trying to push that year. I mean, when Steve Nash was playing, the I mean, the game wasn't as inflated as it is today. Yeah. Where, everybody is putting up monster numbers. It was still more of like a even team game. Like you had your guys, but nobody was putting up. Like there wasn't as many guys putting up the amount of numbers you see now back then. Yeah, that makes so sense. numbers were are inflated. Like seeing 11 assists now is like, all right. Yeah. Like you kind of expect that just <laughs> how fast pace and how much, how much points are getting put up now in today's game. It's, I don't know. It, it, it's just a narrative that they're trying to push. Like I think Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic is too high. All every year he's been in the NBA. Jokic deserves to be up there. Uh, I think they've pushed the MB thing a lot. Like I think they're really trying to get him to get an MVP. Um, Giannis deserves to be up there but I think it's just all narrative like if the narrative is there for the NBA everybody loves them like Steph like Steph is a, a big one mm-hmm. um, I think I think it's whatever the NBA is trying to push I don't it, it does change every year nobody really knows exactly what the criteria is for MVP or who's deserving of it I think it should literally be who was the most viable player to their team that year. Yeah, and uh, see the case, I can see the case for Embiid this year, really, because they're, like, tied for second or they're half game back of second in the East. But the thing with the Nuggets is that they're sixth. And the last person to win MVP as a sixth seed was Russell Westbrook. But I think with that, you have to take into account that nobody on the Nuggets right now – besides Jokic is scoring more than 15 points a game. 
yeah. which is that's insane. I'm pretty sure I saw a stat today. They're the only team with um, only one player above 15 points per game. So, yeah. and I think Jokic has a high, a, a lot higher usage percentage too than Embiid because he does a lot of the playmaking as well as the scoring. Yeah. But again, I mean, the efficient numbers that Embiid is putting up this year is insane. So, you, I, I, I do understand why Embiid is in the conversation as well. Yeah. I just, I think they are, they're pushing it a lot recently, in recent years at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, I think it'll end up being Jokic this year. But I could also see it being Embiid with how much they're trying to push it. I think that'll. I thought Giannis up. was in the lead right now. No, it's 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 Embiid, Jokic, Giannis. Giannis also I, has a shot because he's putting up crazy numbers again, and the Bucks are the second seed. They're almost the one seed. So. I can I can definitely see it going, to, three, and I want to especially after today with all the media. I think it opened a lot of people's eyes to Devin Booker because we've had people like Isaiah Thomas. Um, he's been preaching it a lot on ESPN about yeah. him being MVP. Um, we just Kyrie. saw, yeah, um, we just saw Kyrie and John Morant tweeted out that he deserves to be MVP. So I think that that's going to, I think it's going to boost it up. And I think that just might open their eyes. So I could, I can maybe see like a surprise coming in where, Deep book gets a lot more votes than we think he's gonna get. Okay, I thought you were about to say something else. No, <laughs> I, no. say I don't that. think he's gonna win. I don't think he's gonna win it. I I don't think so. No, I I hope I hope he gets a little more love for like I don't I like Devin Booker's game, so I do I do hope he gets a little more love. Do you think at some point in his career he could win one? Do you think he he has he's like the player to because I feel like John Morant is a player you can see winning one from like the NBA's eyes like they push John Morant's another one that they're gonna try to push the narrative hard yeah. on yeah and if Zion Williamson ever comes back he him too um I think Jason Tatum's another one that they're gonna try to push heavy but. I mean, yeah, Devin Booker has a chance. He's a on on a year to year basis. He's a top ten player in the NBA. So, yeah, he he definitely has a chance to to win one at one point in his career. Uh, but again, I sad to say, but the narrative just has to be right. Yeah, that's what, that's what it comes down to. I think for the narrative to really flip and uh, for him to get more love, he needs they need to win a ring this year or in the next within the next couple of years. I think that will definitely help his case. Yeah. At some like, and I think that's what's hurting his case right now. I forgot who was someone was talking about it. Some analyst, I don't know, but he said that since the Suns were up 2-0 in the finals and then blowing that lead, he thinks that that's hurting Devin Booker's case right now that's absurd you think so i don't remember who it was some some analyst i feel like i might have heard it on a podcast i'm trying to think who it might be it might 
Actually, no, it was it was King of the Fourth Quarter. That it was on his last video. I don't think that should affect his outtake. I don't think it should affect how he's getting looked this year because one, he showed up in the NBA Finals. Like it's not like that. Back to back. I, yeah, it's not like he was he was only scoring fifteen on fifteen shots. Like he was he was playing well. He was just outplayed by Giannis. Like you yeah. got to tip your cap to him. Yeah, you have. They also had a, a a hell of a game six, like or game five on the road. Is that mm-hmm. when he dropped what forty or however much he had? Yeah, I think I think um, it was game five. Yeah, yeah. Was, I think Giannis had to take over game six. Yeah, yeah, I know Giannis had the fifty piece to close the game out in game six, but Drew Holiday was the key factor in game five. Chris Middleton also had forty in game. Chris four. Middleton, like yeah. the Bucks, just outperformed the Suns. I, I, I mean, DeAndre Aiden underperformed too. He had an amazing like playoff until we got to the finals. Yeah. But that also comes with playing against Giannis, like. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a bad. I told you before that series that's a bad matchup for DeAndre Aiden because Giannis is just a lot quicker. He's gonna extend him. That's a blow by. I said that was a bad match. I was I was high on the on the DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> yeah, fact, he did. Like, he had a very very good playoff run before that. A historical one. I'm pretty. He broke yeah, a few yeah, records. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That, so the most, one of the most efficient. No, uh, I was saying the the major thing that should help Devin Booker is that those two games in the playoffs last year where Chris Paul had COVID, he, the first one he dropped a 40-point triple-double, and the second one we won. I'm not sure exactly what his stats were, but we won that game with him being the main guy. I don't – yeah, I don't – if somebody's looking back at the finals and saying that's hurting his case this year for MVP, that's, that's not a good take at all because – they didn't watch the finals then because he performed. <laughs> There's only so much you can do in a team game. Like, yeah, I can, I can tell you exactly what his quote, what his quote was, because I'm kind of curious the exact, what he exactly said. Um, uh, the, but the thing with the narrative though, is that he had the empty stats narrative throughout his entire uh, first four or five years. Cause he wasn't winning. And then as soon as Chris Paul comes, everyone's starting to credit Chris Paul. So he's always had like a negative like connotation, I guess, with his name. Right? Yeah. Negative. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't I don't for me, I don't want to look at his first however many years he was in the NBA because his team wasn't good. Now you can kind of argue that it's empty because you do see other guys who get in for say Damian Lillard when his team has never been good, but he still makes the playoffs, even though it's an AC, they get bounced majority of the years. But like, I don't necessarily, I won't say they're empty stats because his team, I mean, the Suns organization until last year was bad. Let's be honest. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody, saw them winning at any point but then they made moves guys played well Chris Paul came in and you guys turned it around so yeah I just didn't understand the empty stats like when they were saying it because like you can just tell when someone's like someone's good at basketball you know you could tell when someone's a winner yeah just one of those guys and I don't 
Devin Booker to me, like, okay, for example, I think Bradley Bill's an empty stats guy. He gives you 30 points on 23 shots. Uh, that's empty stats to me. And they lose consistently. It's Devin Booker. He shoots efficiently. He like competes. He's trying to win. There's only so much you can do with your team. That's not to me. That's not empty stats. So yeah, there's there's only so much one player can do on a basketball court. Um, yeah, which... like everybody's not. Everybody can't be LeBron James. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I think that's a lot of the problem too is you get a guy like LeBron who gets teams that you know on paper don't look good but still pushes them in the playoffs deep runs yeah I mean that's that's not everybody's LeBron so like you can't put everybody on his pedestal you know what I'm saying yeah so I think that's a lot of the problem too it's just we I don't know. Like that's just my opinion, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we we I I I think that I understand the whole Chris Paul debate last year with like Devin Booker. Not I still think Devin Booker should have been in the talks last year. Not maybe not as an MVP candidate, but top five to top ten in voting last year. Yeah, and I think that Chris Paul being there and them what they did i think that i think think chris paul had a narrative he comes into the organization the first year the first year that he just came in and we went to the finals so i think he had he had the narrative for it like the narrative was perfect for chris paul right and but like kendrick perkins said when chris paul just went out with this injury he said he wanted to see devin booker do something without chris paul and he he did it last year and he did it this year. So I think that the whole Chris Paul argument that we had earlier was that like that Chris Paul kind of gets the achievements for Devin Booker's play. I think that should be thrown out the window now. Completely. I think, yep. I think Devin Booker winning a, a ring will change a lot of the narratives and how they look at him. Because right now, he, to me, he's in that boat with Dame. You know what I'm saying? Like, really? Like, I'm surprised you said that. Well, I'm just saying, like, Devin Booker had no business being a reserve for the All Star game this year. Well, he was, he was a, he was a, he was a, um, he wasn't a starter, but he was, he made he was, it. He wasn't a reserve. He was a reserve last year. He got in on last reserve. year. Okay. He had no business last year being a reserve. Yeah. He had no business being off the all-star team three years ago or whenever that year was, mm-hmm. but that's happened to Dane. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's that, like, I think for guys like Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, guys in that boat, getting that ring puts you over, that like obstacle mm-hmm. of how people yeah. see you because they get underlooked all the time and it's annoying because i mean those those are top players in the league but they don't get the love that they deserve right 
and they only get it from their peers. So, what should be the only the main opinions that matter, honestly? Peers, <laughs> yeah, I don't. It doesn't make sense to me about a lot of the things that the NBA do, but it's hard to keep arguing it. <laughs> yeah, every single year. Um, we kind of i want to i want to switch the topic over a little bit. I want to start since you're a Dame Lillard fan. I want to I want to get into that a little bit. Where I I know you've talked a lot about you you want him off out of Portland. Bad. I've been preaching this for the last five years. Well, I don't know about Arian, but I would love Damian Lillard on the Suns. I would 100% do a trade CP, and we'll probably have to add. We can throw. I'd throw in Shamit and Dario. And we'd have to throw in the Cam Johnson probably. It, I think it depends on if he asks for a trade or not. Because if, yeah, if he asks for a trade, then his value automatically goes down. Yeah. Well, so, he has a no trade clause, so he's going to have to. So I, that's why I don't think we're going to have to give up a crazy amount. And I think Chris Paul has a different type of value than most players. He doesn't have that. He's not he's not young, but he can change the culture around your, your franchise. I just want Damian Lillard on a championship contending team. That's all I want to see. He he's to me. When I see Damian Lillard play with the Portland Trailblazers, you have CJ McCollum who puts up numbers He's but not there he no more. He performs so. when he needs to. You have Nurkic, who I think is probably one of the most over, overrated players in the NBA. I think he gets way too much love that he deserves. And then everybody else is in and out every year. Yeah. And they don't perform. And CJ McCollum and Nurkic are usually out. So Dame is usually carrying the team. Every year, I want to just see him with someone who's a consistent number two, who's going to help him when he needs it. And then I would like to see what happens. I'm not going to say he's going to win a ring, but I want to see him competing when he has a team that can back him up. Yeah, I agree. And I I, I think it would be – I don't think the Suns would ever. I don't think we're going to trade. I think Chris Paul is going to end up retiring here. Yeah. Especially if we win a ring. But I don't see I don't see the Suns getting Dame. Uh, where would you like to see him go? You know, honestly, I thought there was a good shot for him going to 76ers before Harden. Um Well, you never know. Harden might end up wanting to be on his own team eventually. I could see the Lakers trying to make a move because um, AD is just, you just don't know anymore with Anthony Davis. Um, You know, honestly, I think, I don't think it'll happen, but I think the Nets and Portland can do a straight up trade with Kyrie and Dame, or I would like to see him in Boston. 
Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But I would like to see, like to see a Jalen Brown Dame swap. Oh my god! If he goes to Boston, that's gonna be so dangerous. <laughs> that's not even gonna. Because <laughs> like, if they did a uh, Dame and uh, Jalen Brown swap of some kind, you know, whatever pieces need to be thrown in, uh, like Dame, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, all together, I think that's a really dangerous team. No, I think. I agree. I think they're, they're winning a chip. They're winning a championship. I agree. No, I, that's a good team right there. And I, you know, I mean, obviously Jalen Brown is probably going to have to be in that trade. Yeah. But you would hope to keep him. If they did, that's a bad trade for Portland. But <laughs> really bad. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, w- I would like to see him on a, a, a better, like, contending team. And sure. you you mentioned that you want him next to a consistent number two. Would Jason Tatum become a number two then, or do you think the do you think Dame would take a um, step back? I think that I think that would also I think that would kind of be like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, kind of, in my opinion. We're like Katie and Kyrie. Yeah, like you'll see one of them take over one game one of them take over another game. I think Dame will be the number one with like late in the fourth quarter because obviously we've seen him hit those shots mm-hmm. at the end of games. So, I mean, if it comes down to who's going to get the ball in the last second, it's going to be Dame. But I think I think on a night-to-night basis, I think it just depends on who's the hot hand in my opinion. Yeah. Because like, Dame, Dame, if you watch Damian Lillard play, he gets up 20 shots, but he's really trying to get his teammates involved before he starts. Like, there's a lot of, like... It's like, hard when your teammates are all bums. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I'm, I'm sitting in there like, bro, what are you doing? Just shoot the ball. But... <laughs> Like, if you watch him, there would be, like, five, six-minute stands where he doesn't get a shot up. Like, he's just passing the ball. So, like, I think I think him and Jason Tatum can work because of that. Like, Jason Tatum can do his thing and stuff. And then, you know, Dame would get on his spurt, do what he does. So, it'll well, work. I think that uh, uh, Jason Tatum, Dame Lillard, it would be a – it would be just like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but it'd be like a Jalen Brown who's a lot more consistent. And the thing, say, the thing I would say is that, uh, see, like you were saying, Damon and CJ, but CJ is not as consistent. Um, so they basically have to guard Damon at half court if you know when he's when he's hot. So imagine how much that opens up the floor for Jason Tatum because they won't be able to double team Damon at half court if Jason Tatum's over there on the other side which would just make it easier for both of them by a lot. Yeah, I agree. Even with Rob Will and, and, and Marcus Smart on the court, too, you can't, you can't double team you can't, with yeah, You can't double them a half. No. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I also think just Dames is just a better playmaker than Jalen Brown. Yeah, I agree. He's like, a, he's like a true point guard that can just score, you know? So – I think I think that works out for them because it, it takes the ball out of Marcus Smart's hand. He can kind of just <laughs> be the, like the catch and shoot guy. 
you know, I think his numbers will be a little better because of that. But I think Robin Williams will, will benefit the most out of it too because he's going to get a lot of easy dunks, easy dunks. Yep. I, I was just thinking I wouldn't mind – a trade to Boston, a CP trade to Boston either. I I'm on the, the train of trade CP probably next season, especially if we don't win a chip, but for who for, I, I don't know a lot. I was, we were talking about this at one point, but there's a bunch of different guards that, that I would take. Like, I don't think the Spurs would do it, but like DeJounte Murray, they're not giving him. Up. Yeah. Or who else have we talked? There's, there's so I just want to get rid of his contract before we can't trade it. Yeah, personally, I just think though his value will be very low. I know what you're saying, like how he can change the culture and everything, but just like you might get a year or two out of him. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the team is, is giving up their yeah. like you know young guard. Yeah, for years of Chris Paul. No, no, no. I yeah, I agree with that. I'm I was just throwing names out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think uh, we were talking about this last pod, Malcolm Brogdon would be like a perfect yeah. case or perfect person to put in that conversation because the Pacers to the, yeah. For like a, in a Chris Paul trade, because the Pacers have already talked about getting rid of them. And they have a, they have two really good guards. They yeah. They Tyrese and Chris Duarte. So the Pacers have Karis LeVert. No, Chris Duarte and Tyrese Halliburton. Who's the, who does, who is Karis LeVert playing for now? Uh, the Cavs. He got he uh he got traded. So I don't think you know, Malcolm honestly, Brogdon. I don't know if this will ever happen, but I like I would like Darius Garland on your team. We've talked about that before too, but I don't. I, I, I think, think Harris would be a good fit for you guys. I yeah. like he could definitely like. He's not listed as a point guard, but he can run the one, and that's a longer. Helps your defense out tremendously. Like, I think that'll be a good fit for you guys, too. He don't have yeah. to start. He'd come off the bench, but. Yeah. Yeah, Carrick Levert's, like, one of my favorite players. So, like, I, I would love to get him on the team. Even he could run shooting guard. Booker can run point guard. Because we've seen him play make running the point guard, too. Which, yeah, that's a good option. We've talked about this a few times on the pod. And I know how Rob feels about Cameron Payne. But we've talked about it multiple times. We're we're a lot more comfortable now after Chris Paul leaves to give the keys to campaign for a few years. Yeah. Look at I, him put look at him putting his hands <laughs> in his head. Like, like he he hates campaign. But we saw how good he played when Chris Paul was out these last is, six weeks. I will say campaign. I told you last year I needed to see it consistently. And he has played well this year. And so I will give him the benefit of the doubt. And I'll give him some love for that. Campaign cannot be your starting point guard on a championship team. I am sorry. I'm going to stick. <laughs> I, I disagree. I don't. Because when we have. He's benefited playing with Chris Paul. I agree. He has improved playmaking. I think he's figured out where he can get his shots, kind of like Devin Booker. I think he's I think he's figured out how he can be effective in a game. But this is my problem. He also 
loses. I think he hurts you in spurts of games. I can. I, like, I, I think he. I think sometimes he gets besides himself. Yeah. And he shoots you out of games sometimes. And what I I was I told them on the podcast too. I think since when's Chris Paul left? Um, like that first game, he was super high paced, like out of control and something switched and he completely slowed down his game, like completely slowed everything down and it made him 10 times better. And I think if he can do that consistently, I don't think it matters what point guard we have because we have book Mikhail, Cam Johnson, Deandre Ayton. I don't think our point guard spot is as important as it used to be. Yeah. We just need campaign to, we need him to play make and hit his shots every once in a while. You know, his, uh, because sometimes he does take over, which we we, we don't even do that. But it's like just play make, let let everyone else do what they what they do. And he's the lights out from three this year. He is shooting so good from three. Yeah. The only reason why I say he can't be is because I feel like in your guys' system, like the Suns, the way you guys are built, mm-hmm. you kind of need like a good playmaking point guard. Like, I, I can see like that. you don't need a Chris Paul, but you need like you need that because I think DeAndre Aiden benefits from it a lot. I like, I disagree. I think uh, like I'm I'm going off these these last six weeks where we didn't have Chris Paul. It was DeAndre Aiden was playing better than when he was playing. I think JaVale McGee and Bismack Biombo benefited way more from Chris Paul. But DeAndre Ayton played better without CP. He dropped almost 40 against the Bucks and almost 40 against um, – Well, let me – Well, you know how about Timberwolves. the regular season. <laughs> well, okay, we, could, we can go out that. He, he had monster games against the Lakers, Clippers, and the, the Nuggets. And Chris See, Paul was hurt for a lot of those. But I don't, I don't think that will be consistently – the difference is that he does have a really good mid-range shot. Yeah, he now good. he has a really good mid-range too. And I, I agree with that. I do think he's improved on that. I probably watched a, a half of the Suns game this year, and I will say his jump shot looked like it was confident. I will agree with that. Sometimes he takes it too much. I'd be getting scared. I do agree that having a playmaking point guard would help. Would still help out, obviously, just because of a pick and roll. You think he can really take advantage of the pick and roll? catching the lobs and all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, he, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and I'll I just don't what. know what point guards are going to be available to fill that role that are worth filling that role. Like, I don't want to get someone who's not going to be better than campaign. You know what? I, I can think of someone right now. Who? Mike Conley. That's not bad. That's, not, that's actually not a bad – but that is the, he's just getting he's getting old too. That's the problem. I like it. I don't think it's going to be good for us to switch point guards every two years because I think Mike Conley is what 33, 34 right now. Yeah, you know, the main uh name I've seen on Sun's Twitter is uh Deer and Fox. I know obviously that's a little bit higher caliber than what we're talking about. I don't like Deer and Fox on the Suns. That's just I like Deer and Fox's game, but I don't like him on the Suns. Yeah, in my opinion. 
it, and if we get him, it would have to be he would have to have a terrible first half of the season again to where we can his trade value is at his lowest. Because I thought he was gone this year. I thought he they were trading him this year. The only benefit we would have from him really he's a good playmaker, obviously. Uh his biggest benefit would be attacking the rim. Because we don't have any guys really that like really attack the rim, drive a lot, other than campaign, I guess. Uh that'll open up the floor a little bit more. But yeah, his his jump shot is not as good. And yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I like Darren Fox on the Suns. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad, it's not terrible. Cause I mean, he can play defense. Like yeah. kind of like you said. I mean, he does, he drives to the rim. I, I like Darren Fox's game, don't get me wrong. I just don't know if he fits on the Suns. I'd have to see that personally. Yeah, definitely. Before I can make that decision. I'm trying to think of I would love Ricky Rubio back, but he's also getting old. I'll tell you who would have been a, a, a good pickup before he kind of like kind of made a name for himself this year was Anthony Simons. Yeah. Like that boy's going to be good. Like now that like, cause Dame's been out, he's been, he's been balling this year. I so, just, I don't think him and Dame are going to work well together though. No. That's, two I think, undersized point guards. I think, I think this was the best thing that happened for Portland and Dame because yeah. I think he's the future for Portland. I think they just need to let Dame go and like let him try to get a ring. Who do you th- do you think it's more Dame's decision to stay now? Like do you think the front office it's, is trying to get rid sure of him? I, if the moves they have they've been since the the end of the Nuggets series to now that whole summer, the moves that they made, they have only gotten worse. Like they, the yeah. their team right now looks like they want to lose. That the oh. the Norman Powell trade was really bad. The Norman Powell and Robert that Harris was a team. terrible trade. Yeah, and yeah. you know Joe Ingles was a good pickup, but it was right after he tore his ACL. So what is he gonna like? <laughs> how much is that gonna do for yeah. you? Yeah. So it's like I. Like Dame said, he's only going to be in in Portland if they're in contention to win. And right now, they're not. Not even close. I think like they they just look like they're ready to rebuild. I think it's time for both of them to move on. And they traded away. They traded away his uh, his best friend, CJ. CJ. I think Nurkic is gone after this year. I don't think Nurkic is coming back. Like he doesn't look happy there. I just don't – I don't see why Dame would stay in Portland at this point. Maybe hopefully uh, that's something we'll see this summer is him getting shipped yeah, off. I, mean, I would I would be very happy. It would just, just be hard to see if – I don't think he could go to the Lakers because I don't see what trade they would get that would benefit the Trailblazers in any way. They have no young Davis, talent. I mean, Anthony Davis – Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook makes them somewhat of a contender. You think they would give up both for Dame? Like, do you think the Lakers would do that? Why wouldn't they? Well, you're giving up a 28-year-old. How old is 80? 28? 27, 28? Mm-hmm. You're giving him up, which he's never been terrible. He's probably as a 29 Lakers. now. 
Because yeah, him yeah. and Dane was in the same draft class, and Dane was 32. And Dane, Dane wasn't a senior when he got drafted. He might be 29, 30 now. Okay. Well, he's he's never been bad as a Laker. He's just injury riddled, and I think. But that's the problem. So, like, where are they going to get cap space to sign anybody? Like, how are they going to have if, – if they do that, I think it's just going to be the same problem they have now is they have no no depth at all. Like, it's literally just going to be all the load on Dame and LeBron, and LeBron's going to be 39. But you get a, a three-point shooter, someone who can take the load away from LeBron when he's not on the court – because right now, I think we can all agree Dame is a better player than Russell Westbrook is. Yeah, 100%. So, <laughs> Anthony I, Simons is a better player than Russell Westbrook is right now. Yeah, but I'm, <laughs> like, I think Dame and – I think they could go get an older veteran for cheap. It's like, like they would have – I mean, they, McGee, could, they would have to move back. some things around for sure. Like they would like, I think that keeps Melo there, and I think Melo's been good off the bench for them this year. I think, yeah. uh, I think Malik Monk has played well this year. I think, I, I think they could do something, and they could compete. And it would also mean that they would have, Dame would probably finish his career in LA. I so could honestly remember. see. Portland saying yes to just AD and maybe like Taylor Horton Tucker and some picks for Dame because I don't think I don't think they're gonna they're not gonna want to win right now and I think Russell Westbrook and AD are gonna give you too many wins like they're gonna be looking for to get higher up in the draft yeah you know who uh you know who else I wouldn't be mad the Dame gets traded too, but I I would I could never see it. I feel like I know what you're gonna say, and I want to I want to see you gonna say the Mavs. No, absolutely okay. not. I don't want. To <laughs> I thought you were about to say team up with Luke. I was gonna Mavs. say Utah. That wouldn't be too bad because yeah. I I don't think we me and Arian have talked about it. I don't think Donovan Mitchell is gonna be there much longer. Yeah. No, I don't think. I don't think his career right now is he's benefiting playing in Utah. Kind of just like Dame, it's just a small market. And he's just not getting the love he deserves. Are not on good terms. Or like they might be, but like, you know, I, I don't think he really likes playing with Rudy Gobert because he's so limited on offense that like it does not help him out at all. Yeah, there. I, I feel like the I feel like the Jazz team has been the like they haven't really made any moves in six years. <laughs> like I, I feel think... like the team is just like Joe Ingles is the only move they made. I feel like like everybody else. I feel like they've been there for a while now. Yeah, they just haven't gotten any better. I don't even know what to do to that team because they're, somehow they're still always up there like in seeding they're usually a top four seed at least they have good defenders and good shooters to surround with uh donovan mitchell and rudy gobert and then they lose uh, in the playoffs last year who'd they lose to yeah the clippers i'm pretty sure yeah 
that was a bad loss. Yeah, they were up. Kawhi wasn't there, right? Or was that the first round? Uh, so I think they were up. They were up something, and then uh, Kawhi got hurt. They were up three one, and I think Clippers won. Right, because they played. So they, they were up three one, and then Kawhi got hurt. No, I think he got hurt in the one of the earlier games. Oh, okay. But they ended up going up three one with Kawhi out, and he's they uh they still lost. Yeah, that's not. They kind of they've blown they've blown some some series that they should have won. Yeah, and that's not. Just and I I feel bad for Gobert because I think he gets so much hate, but I think he's one of the more impactful players on that team. I think it's, if he plays in the eighties nineties, his his game would be looked a lot. It would be looked upon more, like. So like a Matumbo. Like they would like, yeah, they like he would be looked as more of like a Hall of Fame player. But because he plays in today's game, mm-hmm. he has no offensive ability whatsoever. He's a good defender. I'll give him that. But what is that really gonna do for you when you're supposed to be a superstar? Well, yeah, he gets I think he is overpaid, but he gets he, he eliminates any type of drive to the basket when he's in the paint. No one's going to drive into the basket when they see Rudy Gobert in there. So you basically have to rely on your shooters that whole entire game. See, Jarrett Allen has a similar play style, I guess, or like his defense is somewhat comparable. But the thing with Jarrett Allen is that he has a hook shot. He has a little, like somewhat of a midi, I guess. Like yeah, he has, he has a little more offensive ability than uh, Rudy Gobert does. I think that's what hurt. I think that's what hurt Rudy Gobert. See, I mean, I mean, if it's not a lob, he's not. It's probably not getting a bucket. What I what do they? What does people like that do in the off season? Like what? Like it's the same thing I, I asked. Why does LeBron consistently shoot sixty five percent from the free throw line every year? <laughs> why aren't you working on that in the off season? Just different in the game. I guess. Yeah, no, but... for sure. No, I mean, yeah, no, it is. For sure. It, I mean, at go some at point. Ben, go, um, go look at Ben Simmons shooting in practice. Yeah. He, he hits like seven threes in a row, and then he gets into the game. He doesn't even shoot one. I wonder if, I wonder if that, that's going to change since he's out of Philly because the Philly fans are so critical. I wonder, but I guess Brooklyn's not even that much better. Listen, I fan base. It just doesn't matter what he what team he plays for anymore. I, it's, <laughs> I think he's so like down bad. I don't. <laughs> I don't think he can. I think what hurts Ben Simmons the most is that he's a point guard. I don't like. If he was a power forward, I don't think anybody would look at him differently. And my, I think that's what whole, he'll be in Brooklyn. My whole yeah. I, my whole thing about Ben Simmons is if you're going to be labeled as a superstar, then I need you to play like one. Mm-hmm. I don't need you passing up layups when Trey Young is on you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's my whole criticism about Ben Simmons is play like a superstar. And the, the main thing is that like, yeah, there's videos of him shooting in open jam and practice and all that stuff. It's just that in the game, he doesn't even attempt it. That's the thing. Like, you know, like, if you at least try, 
then the fans will have a little bit more respect. People have more respect for you because they know you're not just going to drive every time. Yeah, at least you have them something to, to worry about. Yeah, because, like, he showed – like, you can see his form is good. He's pretty consistent with it, like, in the in the open gyms and stuff. So, it's like, if you at least shoot it, they have to come out and play you at the key, which is that, – that helps you out more than anything. I think that's what makes the Suns team seem so deep is I don't think we have one player outside of Bismack Biombo that isn't scared to shoot a three. Like, we see yeah. JaVale McGee all the time pulling up. Whether he fucking bricks it or, or, or makes it, he's, he's, he's going to shoot if he's open. He's going to shoot if he's open. Yeah. Definitely. So. I better not see Jabel McGee shoot a three. Oh, it's, it's when he makes it, people go crazy. When I was at the Bulls game in February. He hit um, one? Oh, yeah. He took one at the top of the, at the, top, of the uh, top of the key. He he just pulled up right away because Vucevic wasn't walked up right to it and just cashed it. Walked away confident as hell. <laughs> I would have been mad as hell. Uh, See, just but, really quickly, uh, going back just to the point guard, the Suns' future point guard thing. So just a couple names uh, like Lonzo Ball, uh, uh, T.J. McConnell, Monte Morris. These are just some names I'm throwing out there. Uh, These are upcoming free agents, right? No, not going free agents. I'm just okay. saying down the line in the next couple of years. Uh, like Derek White, Spencer Dinwiddie, Mike Conley, like you said, Jalen Brunson, Malcolm Brogdon. These are just uh, some, some guys I think we could possibly get. There's a few I mean, names in there I'd love. Yeah, I think the Bulls would be stupid if they let Lonzo Ball go. Yeah. Um, Who's the third name? Uh, I said Jalen Brunson, TJ McConnell. I like Jalen Brunson on the Suns a lot, actually. I like Derek White. Uh, you said Derek I think White. Derek, I, I think Derek White could be good with the Suns. I, I do like think Lonzo Ball like is the perfect fit for them. Yeah. But I would I would not be happy if the Bulls got rid of him. <laughs> yeah, God, that would make us so much better. Oh my God. No, Especially the ball would be the perfect fit. There's something I was I was gonna say. I'm trying to think of it now. I don't know. As of right now, I'm okay with campaign being our starter until we find a more competent one. Especially, especially if that means us like developing Aaron Holiday more. To the point to where he can be a starter. Oh, y'all do have Aaron Holiday. So right no. now, I'm still taking campaign over Aaron no, Holiday. Start Holiday. You think so? Start Holiday. I think I think after he develops more, I, I would definitely be more open to that. But he's he's very streaky right now, and I don't know if that's just him. You know, he didn't play tonight. Yeah. Oh, we have Chris Paul back anyway tonight. That's why. Oh, Chris Paul's back. He came, today was his first night back. Yeah, so. I, I that's that's why I didn't play. I was I didn't think about that just till did he start or did he come off the bench? No, he started. He, he started. had 17 and 13 actually today. He played 30 minutes. <laughs> so but uh, I I saw a thing on Twitter and it was like it wasn't it was a finger injury. It wasn't like any leg injury, so no one they didn't see a problem with playing him his his normal minutes. Yeah, that makes sense. 
the thing I was saying with Aaron Holiday, it's, I, I think right now he's just not trying to do too much because, you know, that's not his role. Uh, I think if he had, like, a bigger shot, I guess, down the line, he wouldn't be too bad because he's, he's, he's a really good defender. He hustles a lot. He can pass. He has a pretty good floater. His three-point percentage is actually really good this year. He's shooting he's 50% since he's came to the Suns from three on high seven. volume. Yeah. I think Aaron Holiday could be a very good NBA point guard. A very good NBA point guard. I think he's going to be his brother's kryptonite if we meet them in the finals. Yeah. I disagree. You think you know you disagree? You think Drew Holiday's offensive bag is that much is that good? No, I think his defensive bag is that good. Okay, I I was saying it is I think Aaron Holiday can hold his brother from an off like from his defense from his defense. How tall is Aaron Holiday? Is he six? Three six six one or six three? One of those because two numbers. Drew's like six six, right? Let's see. I think okay. Drew's a bigger point guard. Aaron Holiday is six foot exactly. Drew Holiday six three. Okay. I think Drew Holiday just has the experience. That's why. Yeah, I I, I can agree with that. But I, I still think – I think with them being brothers, I they're probably working out every year. No, I do, I do I do think Aaron Holiday will play with – like – I think he'll know more about Drew Holiday than anyone else I'm on the floor. I'm trying to think of the word. Like, you, like, remember when Portland played Golden State when Seth Curry was on Portland and he had a really good series against Steph, actually? Mm-hmm. I think that, like – I think it like playing against his brother will bring the best out of him, and mm-hmm. so I do think like it will be competitive, like especially his not, older brother. Yeah, like you, you want to, you obviously want to dog him. So yeah, I, I do think it'll be competitive. I think you'll get the best Aaron Holiday, but I just I, think Drew's experience is just gonna like take over at some point. I think that Drew's impact to the Bucks is 20 times higher than Aaron Holiday's is toward to the Suns. Well, yeah. So I think that depending on how much, like if we put Aaron Holiday in some type of situation where we needed a stop, I think he, he would stop his brother hundred percent. And like, even if it was like a, a quarter stretch, just one quarter, I think that, Aaron Holiday would outplay his brother because their impacts are two different things. I think like since Drew Holiday's impact is so much higher, do you know what I'm trying to say? Since his impact is so much higher, it would look, it would, he would look worse. Like his, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. So if, if Drew Holiday were to stop Aaron Holiday, it wouldn't matter to us. But if he's, if, if Aaron Holiday stops Drew, Drew Holiday, then it's a bigger. It's a bigger impact. It's on more the Bucks. of a. It's more of a lose lose for Drew yeah. Holiday than yeah. Aaron Holiday. I agree. I agree. Like Aaron, Aaron really has nothing to lose in that exactly. situation. Yep. So, I agree with that. Yeah i I think I think it's time we start wrapping it up. I think we had a pretty, pretty decent conversation here. Um, just a reminder to anyone listening. Check out our pinned tweet on Twitter to sign up for that giveaway. 
we are 21 followers away before we give out a free Jersey. So free Jersey of your choice. Um, Robert, thank you for coming on. I've known I've asked you a few times, so. No, I'll try to get on a couple times, a couple more times if y'all want me to. Sure. It was fun. Thanks for having me on. So yeah, I definitely want to have bigger debates because you know how our debates are in person. Uh, we definitely get heated sometimes. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of the We Know Ball podcast. And we will see you guys later. Peace out.